Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Joe Biden set to speak about the situation in Ukraine. It's an invasion from the Russians. It happened. It isn't a minor incursion. It is an invasion, and it cannot be said in any other way. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. When the president speaks, we're going to bring it to you in full. We're going to bring you every last bit of it. And then, of course, we will engage the question of what comes next. What does this do to the United States? What does this say about Biden's leadership? Can we discuss the importance of elections when we trust the safety and security of the United States to Joe Biden? Tony, it's Russia and Ukraine. How does this affect the safety and security of the United States? I argue that the safety and security of Europe matters to us a great deal. That the safety and security of supply lines and supply chains matters to us a great deal. That the safety and security of allies matters to us a great deal. And if allies feel they can no longer trust us, where exactly does that put us? If you want to argue not having entanglements, if you want to argue limiting foreign aid, I will probably not disagree with you on a great number of things. But I am not talking about money here. I am not talking about where we may have a military base. Rather, I am discussing if you have a friend, are you there when things go to pot? Are you there when things go rough? Get rough. I'm asking you this question because it seems to me you should be there when things go rough when things go bad this conversation i was having earlier about what happens when the united states is not on top what happens at that moment well what if we're seeing it right now what if that is exactly the situation we have right now so joe biden is scheduled to speak You have the invasion from Russia. You don't have the sanctions implemented yet. Maybe that's what he's going to be speaking about. Maybe now we're going to get to a real conversation about sanctions. Because we have the invasion, what do we see? Baby sanctions. Nothing serious. Nothing real. Nothing focused. Nothing that would act as deterrent. Absolutely nothing. Nothing that's going to stop Russia. Nothing that is going to make them think because they've already been able to make the action. Taking these areas of Ukraine without a shot being fired. I should take that back. Missiles have been dropped. We're going to take Joe Biden in full. Producer Ari, uh, let's do a little uh, producing on the air real quick. If we take a break and Biden comes on, we prepared to break in? If we need to. In that case, we'll take the break now to get ready for President Biden. We'll break down what it is he's saying in this conversation. Will there be more sanctions? Will we see more U.S. troops moved into Europe? I've got it all. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. You know, I don't mind for my own timing that Biden's taking his time. But so you understand it, it was Biden was not scheduled to speak at all today. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. I mean, we track this 
all day, all night. We, we're keeping an eye on schedules constantly. He was not scheduled to speak at all. And the, the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, was scheduled to speak at 2 p.m. Then, boom. Psaki has moved to 4 p.m. for the press briefing. Biden is on the schedule for 2 p.m. Okay, let's start coordinating around that, get everything together. Then they move it to 1 p.m. Okay. Someone joked on, on Twitter, it's because Joe Biden has nap time at 2 p.m. I'm like, that's, that's, all right, it's very funny, but it's not nice. This is a serious moment. Can we please? And he was scheduled to start at 1 p.m. And now he's 15 minutes late to a conversation the world wants to hear. Unless he's got world leaders calling. Why'd he move it up from two to one? Why even bother? Now, some, like myself, have commented that the problem here is that he's doing it now. Follow me on this. Of course, we're talking about the invasion from Russia into Ukraine, taking two areas, Russia going about the wordplay of deciding that these are, are free and independent and sovereign areas of of Ukraine, the Donetsk People's Republic and the Luhansk People's Republic. These are the eastern southern part of Ukraine, this Donbass uh, area, Donbass region as it's called, D-O-N-B-A-S-S, and that these are independent areas, independent and sovereign. And so uh, Vladimir Putin, in order to do the right thing, sent in troops to keep the peace. It just so happens after amassing 150,000 troops on the southern border and amassing Lord knows how many troops in Belarus that these two areas decide, okay, we're independent of Ukraine. Of course, that's not what happened. We all, we are all fully aware of that. We all know this. So we, we have a basis of what's happening here. Now the question is, you have invasion. The White House has called it invasion. It took them a while to do it. They didn't do it at first. At first they issued some sanctions, not the big sanctions that they said were going to come. We don't even know what those sanctions are in terms of the big sanctions. The Ukrainian president, Zelensky, is begging to for, for the president, was begging the president to let Russia know what was going to happen before they invaded. Too late now. The invasion has already happened. Make sure that you don't allow anybody to tell you otherwise. The invasion is not coming. The invasion has already happened. Now it's a question of how much longer it goes on. How much more they want to take or try to take. That's the question. So if you're now the president of the United States, and again, this goes to the concept of strength, which is a big part of this. It, we we would be, I think, really foolish if we didn't note how much of a part of this conversation was about the idea of strength and 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 uh, uh, a, a a professional outlook on these kinds of things. If you're President Biden, you're gonna have a speech from your little fake set. You know he's got that fake set, right? I I don't know why he has that. He does things about COVID there. He does things about all sorts of things. It's this fake White House set. That they've got like a TV set, like a movie set. If you're going to address the war footing of Russia, the war action of Russia, the declaration of war from Russia on Ukraine, and you are going to want to be sure you're providing the strong message regarding sanctions, you do it from the Oval Office. 
You do it from the Oval in a primetime address and say, listen, America, you don't get to watch The Bachelor. We got some problems here, and here's what we're going to do about it. But we don't, we don't get that. We don't get that from Joe Biden, do we? No, 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 no. We get a press conference that uh, producer Ari, let's, let's uh, talk the time, is 19 minutes late? Yeah, it's kind of inconveniencing me. So, so we are, are clear. Uh, every time I tell producer, all right, hey, uh, Biden's on at one thirty. he's like, okay, I'll schedule for 2.15. Because Biden's always late. Biden's always late. And I said, come on, even for this? Even even for this? I and, told you, and, Ari was, and Ari said it. I'll give him credit. He's like, yeah, even for this. Even for this. There's no way he's on time. I believe his exact uh, words were, I'll believe it when I see it. I believe, I believe, Ari, if I go back through my text messages, that was, that was the message. That was it verbatim, yes. Um, stunning stuff. But yes, you deliver this from the, from the Oval, and you deliver it with, with, uh, with strength. You deliver it with focus. You deliver it with conviction as a reminder of American power. We've often discussed that one of the things you never saw from President Barack Obama. This isn't the first time I brought this up. Go back through your own history. President Barack Obama never, ever, ever, ever gave an address from the Oval. He didn't do it. The East Room, all sorts of places. Rose Garden Shore. From the Oval, never. The Oval Office is the greatest projection of strength an American president has. And Barack Obama never did it. And I always understood that as being embarrassed of American strength. Remember, it was Barack Obama who went on that tour, he's speaking in Egypt and other places, and it was the American Apology Tour. And one of the most foolhardy parts about that was a, a belief that somehow an apology is taken the same way culture uh, to culture. In, in, in many cultures within the Middle East, they don't look at as apologies as, as a sign of, of decency or, or, or a sign of strength. They look at it as a massive sign of weakness and an opportunity to pounce and attack and destroy. They aren't looking for having a relationship. They're looking for an advantage. Does he not know this? Well, I argue, of course he knows this. The man is dumb, but he is certainly not dumb. He may be somebody who doesn't believe in the America I believe in, doesn't believe in the Constitution I believe in, and certainly when I say that, it is to say I, I believe in the Constitution and he thinks that it's a problem. But that's not my words. That is, that is Barack Obama's words. But never once from the Oval, never once projected the strength. Is there a moment greater where we should be projecting strength? That you've seen in a good long time? The answer is no. And we should be perfectly clear. It is possible for tens of thousands of people, if not more, to get killed in Ukraine. Do we really think that Vladimir Putin is going to be kind as he rolls the tanks 
He has already declared via the lie that Ukraine is actually Russian from its very beginnings. And whether you want to argue, as Noah Rothman of Commentary Magazine does, that it's inconsequential, he's setting up the pretext for the action. Yes, Ukraine has been independent for 30-plus years. I am not debating or doubting this. I am explaining what it is that Vladimir Putin is setting up in the minds of others, and certainly in the mind of himself. He is setting up the action for the violent invasion that anybody who, who gets in his way is somebody who, well, had to be removed anyway because how could you get in the way of something that is so natural? Over in Canada, the very despicable, low-class, and worthless Justin Trudeau said something amazing. Justin Trudeau said, if you disagree with him, you don't believe in government. Or you don't have faith in government. Uh, First first things first, uh, yeah, not having faith in government seems pretty rational to me. Government... You, you you want small and you want focused, not uh, not engaged in in the idea of of abusing the citizenry, which the Canadian government is. But if you disagree with me, not only are you waving the the the, the, the uh, swastika flag, but you're also clearly guilty of of sedition, if you will, because you don't believe in government. That's a radical position. And we are just loaded to the gills with people filled with radical positions. But if you can have a Justin Trudeau saying, if you even thought about protesting, we hunt you down, we figure out where your financial records are, we freeze your bank accounts, we do all of that. What, what, is, what comes next? Now, you you question what the government is doing publicly? Well, you're not really a good Canadian. It's pretext to being able to push aside the the non-believers and go about with your mission with vigor. And when you have to use force, well, you had to because look at what these people were doing. It's an interesting correlation to what we're seeing regarding how Putin is phrasing the situation. And it does matter. It absolutely, positively does matter. So Joe Biden, 25 minutes late for his own presser. Of course he is. Of course he's late to his own press conference. They're getting in some last-minute information. They decided to change uh, the uh, what what's going to be the, the the sanctions. It's embarrassing. This president and the inabilities therein. Now, one of the things that we're doing is we're following what's going on with the markets. The markets. The Dow is down five hundred. NASDAQ is down 207. That's where we're at right now. I will say it isn't the only thing going on, and I think it's important that we cover some of the other things 
uh, going on. Juwan Howard got suspended for the rest of the season. You see that, Producer Ari? That's how you change it all around. Five That's games. how you, you go completely the other way. What was that? The rest of the season's only five games. Well, it was something. Was it, though? Because he's back for the postseason. No! Yeah. Wait a second. Juwan Howard is the coach at the University of Michigan, gets into an altercation with the Wisconsin uh, head coach and an assistant, so much so that Juwan Howard, the coach, throws a punch, not a slap, a punch at an assistant coach. I said fired. Some people said uh, suspended for the remainder of the season. He's been suspended for five games. You're telling me that doesn't include the playoffs? If they make the tournament, he would hypothetically be coaching, yes. Slapped a dude. Hopefully they get Wisconsin in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, right? That'd be be pretty good. I don't don't think there'll be any handshakes after that. No, there will not. That is wrong, man. That is wrong. If, If he's allowed, he slapped a coach. He started the fight. And by the way, he started the fight. He was upset that Wisconsin, which was well ahead, took a timeout with like 18 seconds left in in the game to prevent a, uh, was it a backcourt penalty? Yeah, 10-second violation. Right, 10-second violation. Thank you. Um, and, and so he was upset about it. All right, you're upset about it. You threw a punch. You threw a punch because you were upset about it. Wrong message to send to your team, man. There are reasons for a coach to get angry. There are reasons for a coach to get upset. There are reasons for a coach to fight. Maybe not physically, but there's a reason for a coach to be so hot they get thrown off the court. I think that's actually a a, a tactic and a technique that can work, and you just got to utilize it at the right time. Whether you're defending your players or you're trying to, uh, you know, Show your team you're frustrated with their level of play and you, you simply have had it with their not listening to you, you got, that you're impassioned about it, that it matters to you. There, there's a reason. And every coach does it a little bit differently in terms of, of how, they, uh, how they show that. Right? Slapping this coach meant was nonsense. And to only be suspended for five games, the remainder of the season, he was also fined $40,000. And that does not go into the 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 playoffs, or I, I should say, the tournament. That's that's nuts. That that is nuts, and that is wrong. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna be arguing that one for weeks. What's right? What's wrong? They'll bring. He'll come back for the first round of the tournament and get kicked out, and that'll be it. According uh, to Twitter, he's going to be able to come back for the Big Ten as well. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, that I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about March Madness. Oh, I, was, I, should have, I should have. I should have thought right one before the other. See, people are like Tony. You shouldn't talk about sports. Oh no, no, no. I'm willing to do the hard work now, so a year from now I can do anything. The sports guys kept getting into politics. Boom. I'm. I'm. But I'm going to understand it. I'm willing to take the hits. I'm glad you're here to help me. When President Biden starts speaking about Ukraine and Russia, we'll have it for you. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.
So as we discussed, the CDC isn't giving us all the information. The CDC has clearly decided that we shouldn't know all of the data regarding COVID. That it's not necessary for us to have all of that information. And the less information they give us, the better. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. Facebook Tony Katz Radio, the phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Let me break down this story for you because we discussed it a bit yesterday. That the CDC is indeed withholding information. As was discussed, the CDC published uh, significant data a couple weeks ago. This was about the effectiveness of boosters. But it was the effectiveness of boosters in adults younger than 65. Right? The problem is, if you're not putting in the effectiveness of boosters in uh, 18 to 49-year-olds, you don't really have much data now, do you? So they talk about the effectiveness of booster in adults younger than 65, but you left out massive portions of that population, 18 to 49. As is reported by the New York Times, the group the data showed was least likely to benefit from the extra shot because the first two doses, if it was a Pfizer or a Moderna, uh, left them in pretty good shape. Why would you keep that information from us? Why would you prevent us Why would you prevent us from getting that information? It is not only is it is it irresponsible. It proves the greater point that you can't be trusted. Who is to trust you? For what purpose should there be trust or faith or belief in you? Why don't people trust the CDC? Well, there you go. Asked and answered right there when you can't get us the basic information. And no, no, not can't get us, refuse to give us. Most probably because it doesn't look good for you or for your cause of telling everybody to get vaccinated. And I'm not even anti-vax. I am sure as heck opposed to the idea that you would lie to people or try and manipulate people into doing something. That right there, that's the thing I absolutely positively oppose. And I think that rational people should. Like rational people should oppose the idea of a fence being built around the Capitol. Who in the bloody world is... Is, is building a, 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 a fence around the Capitol. Why would you build a fence around the Capitol? Well, you'd build a fence around the Capitol because you have a freedom convoy coming and you're worried that they're going to do damage. Now, you're not really worried, but you've decided that, you know, January 6th meant you're allowed to be scared of your own shadow, so everything that some other group does is reason to put up some kind of fencing. Well, Tony, if they had just had fencing up before, nothing would have happened. They would have said that was the insurrection. 
Don't you understand? Wait, wait, who am I yelling at? Who am I yelling I apologize. You get it? You could have had the fence around Maryland. And if they had been in Pennsylvania knocking on the door saying, hey, what the? Ah, oh, insurrection. Of course that's what was going to happen. Of course that was going uh, to be it. So they're putting this, this, this. what is it, the, the fence, a razor wire? I don't even know what it's going to be. All around the Capitol because some guys are going to show up in trucks, and therefore it's too scary. Uh, as we're waiting on Joe Biden, who is uh, right now, uh, Producer Ari, I believe that is 40 minutes late? 40 minutes and 10, 11 seconds, 12 okay, seconds. Okay, good, just so we have it. Chris Saliza, who is one of the fools who writes over at the Washington Post, just put this out on Twitter. If you want to know exactly where some people are at, on Twitter, Chris Eliza of the Washington Post, it's time to admit it, Mitt Romney was right about Russia. Twenty twelve presidential election, Mitt Romney said that Russia was our greatest geopolitical foe, and people said, Oh, Mitt Romney and Barack Obama said, Oh, oh uh, the nineteen eighties called. They want their foreign policy back. You said Russia. <laughs> and then we elected that fool's vice president. Who also doesn't know anything about foreign policy, who also doesn't know anything about fighting the enemy. Who won't even recognize an enemy. You know who he thinks the enemy is? Parents who want to stand up for their kids in school. That's Joe Biden. That's this White House. I know, I know, I gotta stop yelling. It's crazy. But when I watch these progressives, like you watch these progressives, and what they think is important and what they what they value. You know, I've, I've often used the line that I am not voting for uh, a boyfriend. I'm voting for a president. Well, I think that this is a great example of, of what that means. As you're starting to see all these things, well, Trump was right. Well, Romney was right. Well, we could have done this better. Well, Biden's not doing the job here. Everything progressivism has to offer is wrong. Everything. And every progressive is wrong. I'm sorry, we're not going to find the place where we agree to disagree. Because when you're, when, 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 when I'm wrong and I say that, that capitalism um, uh, is, is, is of value because it allows people to live their life you know, the way they see fit without the concept of acceptance to the moment of their happiness, there's nothing to there to be wrong about. But if I was wrong, you feel like you didn't make as much money as you wanted to. And it was right, so that doesn't make me wrong. But if I was wrong about capitalism, you'd have to argue that socialism is a better financial system. And of course, history shows us that it's not. The reason that I'm a capitalist is not because there isn't something better out there, it's because it hasn't been created. When you show me something that's better, I'll be in favor of it. But you don't have it, and socialists don't have it. So the things that I look at, the things that I favor, the things that I engage in, I see them as having a value not because they are perfect, but because they work. 
I'm not going for perfect, just like I'm not voting for a boyfriend. I am not searching for perfect. I can't get it. But the progressive believes that perfection exists and that they can somehow divine it if you all just pretend hard enough. The conservative sees the world the way it is and deals with it. The progressive sees uh, the world as they wish it to be and tries to bend everybody to their view. Anybody who thinks that capitalism is oppressive doesn't know anything about capitalism. I mean, they're wrong. They're ignorant and they're wrong. Anyone who believes that capitalism doesn't provide a better life is wrong. They are ignorant and they are wrong. A perfect life for everybody? You're right. It doesn't do that. You're right. It doesn't do that. Why would I believe that you, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, or you, Senator Elizabeth Warren, or you, Senator Bernie Sanders, could do it? Why would I believe that you have the capacity to do it, to create this utopian perfection? Why is it that the progressive believes that um, canceling people for making an off-color joke is somehow more important than strength regarding Russia and Ukraine? Why is it more important that Louis C.K. doesn't have a job anymore? Why is it more important that we excoriate Dave Chappelle for not even telling a joke about transgender people, but for laying out the fact that transgender society wants to tell other people they're not allowed to speak and live their lives the way they see fit? That's better? <laughs> it, it's remarkably frustrating. I, I, I'm with you there wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. So I see the progressive left say, oh, we got to put, we gotta put the, 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 the fence around the Capitol because, you know, these people, they're, they're dangerous. Oh, we got to admit that Mitt Romney was right. Both of those things actually tie in together. They will take advantage of a situation, never let a crisis go to waste, right? That's what uh, Rahm Emanuel said. And they will take advantage of it and take advantage of it. And then when it wears out its welcome or when facts get presented that clearly show their position is ignorant, they'll be like, oh, well, that was a mistake. Oh, I guess Mitt Romney was right. Harry Reid, former senator from Nevada, famously said when he said that Mitt Romney doesn't pay his taxes, and he was asked about it. He said, Mitt Romney doesn't pay his taxes. And he was asked about it. And Harry Reid said, don't ask me, ask Mitt Romney. And when he, of course, it was a lie. It was just meant to disparage and attack the candidate. When he was asked about it, he said, we won, didn't we? That's the progressive. Win at all costs, destroy the enemy. Fair play doesn't mean anything. I really do think less of these people. I will admit that that's true. Because how could you think more of them? That is not to say that I think that every conservative is perfect. Far, far, far from it. But what we're seeing here is the, 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 the real breakdown and understanding that the things that they tell us are important and we know they're not, just because they scream about it every day doesn't make them important. They are trying to tell us that here's what we believe and here's what we feel and it should matter to you. But it doesn't matter to us because it's not based in reality. It doesn't provide us any value. It doesn't make anybody's life better. It actually makes their lives worse. Mitt Romney was right about Russia. Yes, he was. Now, Mitt Romney should have been much stronger about that point instead of allowing himself to get beat up like a child, like a little boy. He should have manned up and handled the business.
But how many more times are you going to find out that when these people mock and attack and ridicule, that they're doing it because they, it goes against their ideology and they need their ideology to work. And only when it's safe for their ideology to be put to bed because they've got a new ideology, do they admit it. I don't think those are people we should follow as a nation. And I think we should keep talking about the fact that they shouldn't be followed. Joe Biden is 47, nay, 48 minutes late. I guess he hasn't figured out what sanctions are going to go against Russia. He had a big package of sanctions. I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to say um, a big package of sanctions, producer. All right, can I, get a, can I get a ruling on that? It doesn't matter. He's 50 minutes late. Say whatever you want. Hey, phrase it. That's what I thought the problem was. We'll take the break, and if Biden does speak about the sanctions regarding the Russian invasion of Ukraine, we'll have it for you. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So in Washington, D.C. this weekend, they're having the first principles conference. Oh, good Lord. So I'm heading down to CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. That's in Orlando. I mean, those are the activists, right? Uh, nobody named Jeb or Eric Holcomb shows up to CPAC, right? That's, that's not how that works. Uh, people who are a little more in that fighter camp end up at, at the Conservative Political Action Conference. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, great to be with you. So over in D.C., the Never Trumpers are getting together. It'll be Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. And it'll be Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who testified against Trump during uh, uh, Im- impeachment, the, the failed impeachment attempt, the first one. And then you've got Brad Raffensperger, the Georgia Secretary of State. Never Trumper Joe Walsh, former radio host, former congressman, Bill Kristol. And they're going to gather in D.C. to have a conference. Also showing up will be uh, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland. Go ahead. Gather. Get together. Go right ahead. Feel free. I don't think anybody should stop them. That's crazy if you're trying to stop them. I don't know who's going. Now, just because I don't know the people going doesn't mean the people won't be going. I'm just saying I can't imagine people are going. I can't imagine that people are going to hear from Adam Kinzinger. At the Principles First Summit, not First Principles Summit, Principles First Summit. What's the principle? Has anybody asked that we stand up for the Constitution? What standing up for the Constitution didn't happen? Tell me what standing up for the Constitution didn't happen. Well, Trump incited an insurrection. No, he didn't. Well, Trump waited too long to try and put down what was going on at the Capitol. Okay. Okay. I I, I like that. I like that one. Now what? No, no, no. What else do you got? Now what else is there? Trump waited too long to stop things that were happening at the Capitol. What else do you got for your Principles First conference? This is the problem. 
This is the problem. This is what happens when you base everything on hate. When you base everything on just raw insanity. On, 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 on not having a value. How can you be a principles first summit when the truth is you don't have any principles other than Trump bad? Doesn't seem to me to make much sense. But hey, best of luck. Hope you guys have a, have a, have a great time. Meanwhile, if we go back 42 years, this happened. Oh, if only I could play it. Oh, that'd be better. There we go. Now I got it. The legend gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! The United States beats the Soviet Union to make it to the gold medal round. Remember, they didn't win the gold there. They had to beat Finland to win the gold. Do you believe in miracles? Quite literally, uh, I shouldn't say quite literally, possibly the best line in sports or in the top three. Brilliant. When Joe Biden speaks, we'll have it for you. This is Tony Katz today.